2: Rory show. I'm Rory Sauter your host. It is great to be back with all of you. We have been off for a couple weeks. Um, there were no shows last week, um, but I, I'll tell you what, guys, I have been going nuts being off the air. I mean, you know, as everybody knows, r- radio has be- become a routine to me. It's become part of my livelihood, be- become who I am. And, uh, you know, I, I, I love, I'm loving every second of it. I hope you all had a fantastic weekend. I hope you all are staying safe. Um, it's a crazy time right now. I mean, we are living in—I've uh, never seen anything like it in my 29 years. A uh, lot of, a lot of angry Americans want to get back to work. Um, you know, I, obviously, we want to do it the right way. We want to have proper protocol. We want to make sure everything's safe and, you know, um, okay, o- okay to, uh, you know, kind of, kind of open up. But uh, I'll tell you, uh, this—it's getting out of hand. Uh, you know. Um, I'm just—it's the same thing every day too with the news. I mean, it's Corona, 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 dominating the headlines for the last month or two. I mean, there, there's everything else. You know, it, you know, we're not, we're not getting info on because we're so distracted. Uh, there's so much other things going on, which we're going to get into tonight. But uh, as usual, uh, I want to thank all my co-hosts, my audience, my sponsors, and guests. Uh, you guys are amazing. The show's listened to in 25 different countries, on nearly 70 online platforms. And if you miss any past clips, past episodes, or need 24-7 breaking news coverage, we are on 70 online platforms. You can find us all over the web. Just type in on Google, The Rory Sodder Show. Uh, currently, The Next Gen USA, my new media site, is being revamped, restructured, going to look better than ever before. So uh, we will be releasing that probably in the next week or two. It's uh, just, just some maintenance stuff, some kind of customization customizations and certain things I want to add, uh, you know, to to the platform and to the network and kind of expand and grow and, you know, take it to that next level. Uh, That's exactly what we're doing. God, but I'll tell you, um, you know, I, I I was so, I was so anxious um, last week to get on air. I I just couldn't, I had so much going on. I wasn't scheduled, um, you know, various things going on with, with business, with personal life. Um, you know, just um, a lot to juggle. I mean, this Corona thing, and I'll tell you, uh, people I talk to and, and uh, friends and, and, you know, family members and acquaintances and you name it, uh, I've, I've never seen uh, so much depression in my life. I mean, there are people, you know, and, and this is something we're going get to get into later on in the show, but uh, the cookie, cooking people up inside, keeping them inside, making them, you know, ordered in um, is going to, it's going to kill – Kill. think about it. It's going to kill more lives in the long run. You're messing with somebody's mental health. You're messing with somebody's psychosis. Suddenly, uh, everybody has an everyday agenda schedule that they go off of, and then you take them away from that. And, you know, the, these people are, are so used to and familiar uh, with the idea of going to work every single day and, you know, providing for their family. I'm seeing – and, guys, I, you know, I, I don't want to get too much on a rant, Right now, uh, we will in the show. I want to introduce everybody on the platform, but I'm just seeing sadness in so many different areas and depression, people losing their businesses, businesses closing down. That, you know, a lot of businesses, believe it or not, guys, are not uh, set up uh, for a uh, catastrophic disaster like this. They're not. Um, but I'll tell you, you know, a lot of people are, you know, there are, there are those fortunate ones. You know, I, I will say I'm fortunate. Uh, but my heart is really hurting for other people. I'm I, I just I, I can't believe the the um just the the way this is all played out. You know, um. But guys, um, a lot of announcements coming up. I, I want to tell everybody. Um, in terms of Salem Radio, as everybody knows, uh, the biggest political AM station in America. I will be starting there, um, either this coming Sunday, which will be April twenty. I believe, or it will be May third. Uh, we had to kind of push this back a little bit because uh, of the Corona situation, um, and also other, you know, duties I was dealing with and things in my life. But I just wanted to make everybody aware of that. Um, but yeah, you know, um, guys, I, I love you. I missed you. We're back. The Rory Soder Show. A new week. Episode two hundred and fifty-six. Two and a half years later. I'll tell you, time flies loving every second of it. I do want to welcome to the show, I believe we have with us, retired police chief and homicide detective, Michael Valsey. Michael, how are you, buddy?
3: Good, Roy. Thanks for having me tonight. You're certainly right. There is plenty going on, and uh, this coronavirus has got uh, got the world by the short hairs right now, I'm telling you. People don't know what to believe anymore. I hope we can get into that a little bit tonight and maybe straighten some of this out as well as some of the other news that's going on. So, once again, I look forward to the show. Thanks again for having me.
2: Well, Michael, you always bring great value and insight to the show, and we love having you as a regular. So, uh, as always, thank you for joining us, and I look forward to it. Good thing. All righty. I also want to welcome with us, I believe he's going to make sure, uh, we have U.S. We have congressional candidate from Tennessee, and he's also a retired Army paratrooper. He's also done a lot in the White House. a Popular guy, Todd McKinley. How are you, my friend? Hey,
4: Roy, For, former former congressional candidate, but uh, I appreciate it. And I, I was going to run this year, and I know we talked about it, but uh, things came up. Uh, obviously, with my mother passing away, and uh, you know, some things kind of you know di- didn't come, come together indulges, this year. By but- the way. Yeah, I appreciate that, and of course, uh, you know, working on a few things, working on putting together a podcast, uh, and I've got, re- relaunched a Facebook page, it's called the Todd McKinley Commentary, uh, a lot of political commentary that's going to be coming out, and of course, looking forward to launching this uh, podcast, and hopefully having you on as a guest, and, and others, uh, the other guests that you normally have, and uh, you know, look forward to a nice conversation, it's been a couple of weeks since I've been on, and I appreciate it.
2: Absolutely, well, always a pleasure, and uh, great to have you here, and I look forward to uh, the future, and Everything yes, we're sir. obviously going to discuss tonight.
4: Yes, sir. Appreciate it.
2: I also want to welcome with us, I believe he is here. Uh, we have uh, Twitter activist doing a lot of big stuff, big patriot, uh, Gabe Foley. Gabe, what's up, buddy?
5: Hey, Rory. How are you doing?
2: Doing good, man. What's new? What's going on? What's, what's the dealio?
5: Oh, just over here in this lockdown, getting more pissed by the day you know hoping uh they'll open up uh some at least in California by May 15th but could go could go you know another 2 weeks past that but uh they're just making it worse over here they um they're, they you know tomorrow morning they're starting this you know you must wear a mask if you don't you get a $1000 fine so that's not yeah. good
2: well, yeah, and I, I, you know, I was just in California. Speaking of California, I was just in Palm Springs for a few weeks. I just got back to Arizona yesterday, nice. and everywhere – you're absolutely right. Everywhere you go, into a grocery store, into a gas station, into a fast food place, you are required to wear a mask. Here in Arizona, they don't even – it's not a requirement. People, most people actually don't even wear them, but California, every single person. And I'll tell you, they've really uh, cracked down things in California.
5: I know I mean and, and the and the numbers are going down too. They could have done this like you know a long time ago, instead they're going in the opposite direction i mean it's it's right. crazy it
2: really is i mean we're you know i, I I've never seen anything like it in my twenty nine years almost my almost my thirty years of of existence and in life I, this is just like i mean you know and think about it you know we've gone through some of the most craziest, outrageous you know vile Outbreaks you could ever think of. I mean, think of AIDS. Think of Ebola. Think of swine flu. We didn't shut the economy down. Um, you know, this this all just there's so many gray areas here, and, and and certain things that we don't we don't aren't getting proper in you know info on. I mean, they're lying to us. A lot of people are lying to us, especially the media. I mean, this is really um, get in a Absolutely. lot of ways it's getting out of hand. I, I, in a lot of ways, it's getting out of hand. I get it's real. I understand that it's you know not made up, but it's definitely over uh, glorified. I think there's a lot of unnecessary hysteria, a lot of drama that you know is just fear mongering. They're scaring people. That's their that's their whole absolutely. agenda because then it you know advances uh, you know th- th- their pockets
5: it really does. Right. I mean, some of these governors, uh, I can't even believe it. I mean, they're just absolutely tyrannical. This Is something especially out of that, a especially insane that same movie? In Whitmore, oh, yeah, I, seeing, I, I know you uh, did you did you see that uh, can I play you something real quick
2: no I, I we don't have time for any soundbite but I, I think I know what you're talking about are you talking about what she said the other day
5: uh no it was something Janine said on the uh Carl Tuck, uh, Tuckerson uh, what's his name uh Tucker that Tuck show Carlson. yeah there you go I got it mixed up yeah uh oh my god uh, anyway Janine mentioned a bunch of stuff that she's doing that I didn't even know I mean uh, collecting people's data, like spying on them oh yeah oh my
2: god oh it, it oh it, it it's absolutely insane right now but dave i'm really i'm really glad you could join us tonight lot to get into um and uh, yeah man, big stuff, big stuff all right, great all right, everybody God i my audience man i I just feel like I haven't wow i mean it's been jesus it feel it feels like it's been longer than two weeks. Um, message me though, connect with me, tell me how you're doing. I want to hear from everybody. Um, as always give feedback from tonight's show. If you have any questions, I will definitely go over them. Um, God, it is, it is, uh, it is a breath, you know, I tell you a huge breath of, uh, fresh air being back. Okay, here we go. Let's start with, uh, you know, I'm going to start with the smaller stuff to start, start with the kind of headlines that people aren't really discussing because we're so distracted with the one dimensional, you know, twilight zone, Corona situation. So let's just go into some, into some of the other stuff and then we'll obviously get into that. Um, so here's, what's really bothering me. So you have the democratic party who has, as we talk about constantly on my show, they've turned into this whole victim mentality. Uh, You know, they have to put themselves in boxes. They have to classify themselves as, you know, some sort of, you know, special commodity. You know, they don't want to coexist or assimilate themselves with the rest of uh, normal people in civilization. You You know, we've seen how these politicians, their whole agenda for, you know, in certain ways in one area. Obviously, you know, whether it's the 100 different genders, whether it's the the trannies, whether it's, you know, trying to put people of color in box, you know, it goes on and on. Um, But and then, you know, they try to make illegal immigrants out to be victims. And, you know, even though these people are clearly breaking the law, if we go into another country, let's face the facts here. um, If you go into another country illegally, sometimes they'll just kill you. I mean, there's. There's no going around those facts. Um, you know, they, they don't, they don't, they aren't tolerant and uh, nice like the United States is. Try, try going into China or try, try going anywhere and disrupting their environment and population and, and try collecting any of their welfare system or try, you know, profiting off of high taxpayer dollars. You won't. Bottom line. And you know what, you know what, this is a problem that goes back years and years, and I'm not blaming it on Obama, I'm not blaming it on any one particular politician, even though Obama is obviously the worst president in history, I mean, and that he made, and Jimmy Carter once had that title as the worst in history, but in a lot of ways he made Jimmy Carter look like a saint, and that's pretty sad to say, Um, but no, I I just want to kind of get into this real quick, the whole situation of the illegal alien, um, you know, how they have these, all these, think about the privileges they have, you know, they, they can get a loan and, and, and get financial help even before some of our own citizens. I mean, they're, they're getting housing and they're getting welfare and our veterans are, are stuck on the street um, homeless. I mean, how, how is that a logical world? How, how, you know, the society we live in, And I'll tell you what it's been taken over by special interests. Absolutely. Special interest groups, dirty donors, dark money, have put for years and years money in these past presidents' pockets, which has boosted illegal immigration, you know, not really being reckless at the border, not really caring who comes across. I mean, think about it. Think about all the holes in the fences. Think about the the lack of security. I mean, this has been at every election cycle, it seems like we have the same you know, Trump Trump actually did something about it. But every other Republican, whether it was John McCain when he was running or George Bush when he was in office, all these people keep talking about it. They don't really do anything about it. I mean, and I, you know, I don't want to get too off topic here, but George W. Bush is a globalist. He's all, hes a globalist. You know, and he, we're going to get into later what he said about Corona and how he how he defends the 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 who the World Health Organization. But um. You know, I mean, come on, guys. This, this whole illegal thing. It's, and American citizens are waking up. Even Democrat tired of of this whole of this madness. And now there's a new pullout. Um, well, actually, here I want to correct myself real quick. The Democrat voters are getting sick of it, but majority of Democrat politicians want to bail out illegal immigrants out of poverty. I, we can't even take care of, like I said, and when we're supposed to take care of second class citizens. It's ridiculous. I mean, they want these, and, and it go, all goes into the whole Corona bill and everything. When they try to pass these bills, they sneak stuff in for their agenda. Democrats, they don't care about illegals, they use them as political pawns for votes. And they sneak stuff like in, you know, whatever it may be. They may sneak in DACA, they may sneak in certain, you know, and that, that's really what happens here. This is corruption. I mean, think about Nancy Pelosi blocking all these different bills these last couple of weeks just because her radical communist tactics were not, you know, involved. Partisan politics. These people don't know what it's like to work for us. And on both sides of the aisle do it. Both politicians, both sides, Republican and Democrat, they've got some horrible, evil, out-for-themselves, greedy, um, self-centered politicians on both sides. There's no doubt about it. But I'm just saying that you know this is a, this is an issue, and Trump is draining the swamp left and right. Um, I want to mention this, and this is really disturbing. You know we're talking about mail-in ballots constantly, um, and we you know this is one of the new Democrats' fixations. This is one of their new obsessions. This is how they want to handle the 2020 election. They don't want voter in person. They don't want voter ID. They they the only way they know they can win is by rigging it by you know. You know, obviously not not doing it, you know, prop ethically. I mean, they, these people, the only way they can get to the top is by dead people voting for them, by illegals voting for them, by fraudulent ballots. Uh, there's so many different loopholes these uh, individuals have used. And it's not – you know what? You can go back and look, anyone, about the past of voter fraud. Republicans, <laughs> I'm not going to say they've never been guilty of it, but I would probably say about – Maybe if I had to give a statistic, 5% of the time they're guilty. 95% of the voter fraud, 95% is Democrats all day long. And this is not even up for discussion. Think about that, though. 28.4 mail-in ballots have gone missing since 2012. Since 2012 election, you've had – and they, this is why they want to do the mail-in, because they know that they can control the outcome if they you know, put the fix in. If they don't do it honestly, if they don't do it legitimately, if they don't do it sufficiently, you know, it's it's scary. This is is scary. And these people, you know, you got Nancy in charge of the house, and we see over and over how they are, you know, doing whatever they can um, to advance their narrative. You know, and it's not even benefiting anybody in America. It's all for, you know, put money in their pocket or people that can help them with votes like illegals or, you know, whatever it may be. It's sick. It's sick, sick stuff. If I were Trump right now, I mean, 2020 is the most important election of our lifetime. I would absolutely put some sort of legislation, something in place. You've got to to have bodyguards at these damn ballot boxes. Don't forget about people that vote twice. I'll go into it again. Dead voting, illegals voting. Um, missing ballots. All it takes is the higher ups, the elites, to shove some money. And it's not even necessarily all, all the politicians that are getting the money. Think about these people that oversee some of these voting booths, some of these voting stations. I mean, they, they can, you know, do whatever they want. I mean, who, who's watching them? Because if somebody actually were doing it the right way, we wouldn't have this voter fraud issue. You know, nobody's, nobody's closely monitoring this enough. It's beyond reckless and it needs to change. Um, so finally they passed, you know, they passed a bill obviously for small businesses, but there are quite a few Democrats in the house this past week that were going against Nancy Pelosi. I mean, people are fed up. People are fed up that, you know, Democrats are holding up bills for their own gain, for their own you know, purpose. It's, it's sick. It really is sick stuff. Um, so I, I kind of want to m- mention this, and, and we have talked about this on my show numerous times. Just want to shift topics. But Bernie Sanders uh, caves again. We saw this coming. Bernie, he's not who they want. He's not who they can control. Uh, whether or not you like Bernie or you hate him, uh, I I don't agree with his policies. I've never been a fan, um, but at least he's you know always been kind of the same. He's never flip flop like most politicians, and he's an outsider, which is why they're threatened by him, and which is why he's got such a strong base. Uh, he gives that appeal and that you know sort of um, pleasure uh, to his audience, just like Trump does. You know, and clearly, and we know this. uh, Hillary was way more. I mean, Bernie was way more popular than Hillary in 2016. There's no doubt about it. But just like, just like we called it, just like, just like they did back then, uh, they weren't going to give it, you know, to Bernie. It's it's not. He's not part of the establishment. They want somebody that um, you know will bow down. That's Joe Biden. um, Unfortunately. Uh, you know, he can't even count to four. He can't even com- complete uh, full sentences. And half the time, he forgets, forgets what state he's in. And he wants little kids to come play with him. Inappropriately, by the way. Play with his leg hairs and, t- and touch them all over the place. This guy's a creep, man. This guy's a freaking creep. And the way he, like, smells people. You know, there was a funny meme out the other day. I don't want to get too off track, but uh, Kim Jong-un, and we all know how, just when you look at Kim Jong-un, you can't stop laughing. But Kim Jong-un meme saying... Why Biden not get corona? He sniffed everyone. <laughs> and, I, and I just I just fell to the floor because, I mean, it's so true. I mean, this guy has no boundaries whatsoever. But, you know, that's, that's beside the point. But anyways, I, I mean, the Democrats are going off of a narrative, let's face it, anti-Trump. They've got nothing. Um, you know, this, all they're going off of is orange man bad, orange man bad. Nothing useful, nothing constructive, no, no policy that's going to benefit the American people, you know, um, just the same old uh, political uh, promises and loving to hear themselves talk different years. Um, you know, meanwhile, while we're so distracted with Corona, uh, to gun-controlled Chicago, most strictest place on earth for gun control, uh, 14 shot within 24 hours. So and this, is what, this is another thing, Democrats' whole agenda. They want to use gun control, uh, you know, any, and they don't even look into the fact or acknowledge that all that does is leave the good guy defenseless because criminals don't follow laws. You're never going to get the millions of illegal guns off the street, which is why Chicago, <laughs> they have the worst crime ever, and they have the most strictest gun laws because, you know, I mean, think about common sense, guys. You look at anywhere where there's a Democrat in charge and there's strong gun laws, there's massive crime. Baltimore, Detroit, New York City. Just Think about it. Think about it. It's very it's common sense. Use your brain. Turn turn CNN off. You know, don't take it from me. Do your own research. This is just the, You know, we gotta We gotta really, we gotta really um, kind of separate politics and kind of you know kind of look at things as common sense. We should have a common sense party, everybody. That's what we really should have. I mean, I, I, you know, that's people. People are are so fixated and so focused and so, you know, they they they're they're naive. Right? They think everything. Well, I'm not saying everybody, but there's so many people that still believe CNN and believe everything they're telling them. It's ridiculous. Um. And another thing that bothers me, and I go on these rants and you got you guys know me. I mean, you guys know me. I you know, stop sharing bullshit fake news articles, everybody. social media, half of you are guilty of it on social media. Both parties, both parties, you know, do your research. look around because I, I keep having and I'm just gonna un, you know what I'm not gonna unfriend you, but i I, I mean it, it's it's getting to a point where people will start commenting and actually buying into it and thinking it's true. And, and I mean, guys, I mean, and that's just what, how do you, some of these media outlets make so much money. I mean, you, you guys are clickbait. You guys are giving them what they want. And I see some of the, like their domains. And I'm like, you can tell some, most of the time by the domain that it's fake.
3: I mean, it's like when you click,
2: you know, and there's viruses a lot of the time too. People got to be careful. If it's not coming from the mainstream media, if it's not coming from places like Fox or Breibart or Drudge, then it's probably not true. I'd stay away from it. Um, And obviously there's other examples, Washington Times, Examiner, Washington Examiner, you know. Um, Let's see here. So...
0: um,
2: The Christopher Steele thing, you know, we're finding out all these headlines while we're so, like I said earlier, the the Democrats are, are, you know, brainwashing us and really trying to fry our brains with this whole corona thing. And meanwhile, you got all this stuff coming out about the impeachment hoax and the 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 fake collusion. And what came out today was Chris Steele, you know, the FBI relied on him knowing that he was – you know, all over the place. This guy was a loose cannon. This guy had a bad track record. This guy, you know, the fact that Mueller went off of a guy that is so unethical and, you know, he's, he's one of the least credible people I would ever – go look at Christopher Steele's – you know, he's a frickin' he's – a, he's a whack job. The guy is um, – he's not bright. And if, you, if the Democrats would have played their cards right and actually cared – they actually really wanted to get Trump out. They would have done better. You know, they, they, they really suck at their job <laughs> just, just to let you know. Um, you know, it's, it's, um, it's one of those things. Uh, but I'll tell you what, this, this whole corona thing is waking people up to a lot of um, situations. I mean, you know, obviously the Wuhan thing is so fake, you know, it, it is, in a lot of ways it's, it's making people not want to leave the house. And a lot of people have changed their tune on on immigration. Uh, Now 8 in 10 Americans call mass migration a threat to the United States. So before, you had all these people are like, oh, let them in, let them in, let them in. doesn't matter where they come from. And this is how ignorant Democrats are. For the longest time, they only thought Republicans were talking about the southern border, which is not true. We were talking about places like, you know, even China. Because, I mean, you know what? Obviously, we didn't see this corona thing coming. It came out of left field. It shocked all of us. We had the greatest economy of all time and you couldn't ask for anything better. So I'm just saying that it's always good. And this is, these are one of the many reasons why, you know, with with these viruses to have protection and close the borders and make sure that you're putting your citizens first. I mean, our pe- people are going into poverty right now. People are, First, there's first-time drug users right now because they don't they don't have money coming in and they're going crazy and they don't know how to live with themselves and I sadly and I hate to say this but this is some people are acting like 2008 in terms of suicide, um, you know you I'm gonna get into this the whole mental health thing later on and we have to talk about this but it's not the you know this is not something that uh, even though people, all these people die from the flu, all these people die from cancer, all these people die from AIDS, we, we get that. We understand that, and that's how I look at it. I look at something like this as similar to the flu, but a lot of people don't look at it like that. Some people – I hate using the word a lot, but there's a good amount of people that think this is the apocalypse. You know, There's people thinking this is Armageddon. People on the left that didn't leave their house for 30 days. This is the power, the media, and the influence the media has over um, the masses. Crazy times. I mean, now I'm reading less than half of L.A. County. Less than, less than half of L.A. County only still has a job. So you have all those people out of a job. Less than half of L.A. County still has a job. The PPP loan system. I mean, I wish I. I strongly wish that was a little more organized, a little more, put together. Um, obviously, you know they're they're re they're putting more out there. They're gonna kind of uh, you know keep helping people because you know it it, uh, it 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 was drained very quickly. Um, but you know we you know this is this is something that uh, is is an issue, you know because we're seeing obviously people like. Which I have, I, I, I have a problem with Ruth Chris Steakhouse, Shake Shack, even though they returned it, uh, Potbelly, some of these huge establishments getting me small business loans, when in reality they should be going to um, you know, places that don't have all these locations. I mean, obviously, I get the whole franchisee situation. You know, they started out small and then they advanced into franchisees and different people own different locations. But I mean, you know, and then Trump kind of made that point, but it, it's still, it's still, you know, uh, it, it, it's, um, it just has to be more uh, structured. It has to be more detailed. I, I don't think it was specified enough on the first part of the, um, the, the, the the PPP. I don't think it was, but it, you know, it, it you know, it, and I think they're, they're really understanding that and kind of grasp, really grasping things more correctly this time around. Uh, Cause they're definitely getting a lot of heat from the, um, you know, from different people. Uh, but, you know, I, I think they did overall, I think they did a pretty good job. I'm only, I'm not criticizing, but I think I, you know, there's certain things obviously that they were lacking, but I don't want to get too off topic or go into that too much. Cause it's not a huge main thing right now. Um, this whole, this is communism right now. I mean, you know, with how they're trying to enforce the law, you know, you have San Clemente filling up skate parks in California with 37 tons of sand to block skaters. I mean, you have people that can't even go out and skate outside, even if they're wearing their masks. Then why are they, you know, I I get that going to the grocery store is an essential. I get it. But people are wearing their masks. People are being responsible where they're required to wear masks and they're keeping their space. Believe me, people don't want to be sick. I go into these stores, I go into these areas, I explore, I observe. You know, people people and people are fed up. I mean, why the hell should we have to live like this? And you know, even the the topic on the table of whether we can ever shake hands again. What the hell? I mean, we're not going to we're not going to turn into this whole pussy PC culture being scared of everything. That's not what America is about. We're the toughest nation on the face of the earth. Anybody messes with us, they're screwed in about 2 seconds. That's why they everybody relies on us and, and wants us for everything. And the whole this is this is disturbing in itself another fact about this whole. You know, you have uh various governors around the country. I I don't know. I think it's like 20 states or above that are now using Chinese drones that are enforcing this. Look at the violation and look at how they're um, just getting in the middle of your freedom. They're putting drones out in the air, making sure you're social distancing yourself. And I mean, that, that's a pure spine. How, how can you, and, and think about, they're getting these from China. China's sending the, them these products. And you know what people aren't even talking about enough, and I think this is sad that people aren't getting really uh, specific on this topic, is China always puts stuff in their products, like their own technology, where they can get data, and they can get all this different memory and stuff on you. And without you, I mean, think about it. Facebook and all these people are in bed with China, and they sell our information all the time. I mean I'm sure these governors some of them know very well but they, you know they want to play dumbfounded and they're obviously getting something in in why would anybody after what we just went through with a logical state of mind do any anything with China I get it's still cheap labor and I get that you know US costs are still relatively high in a lot of areas although Trump has brought costs down Significantly, in many different industries, but you know what? I was talking about this on a uh, TV show the other day. I did an appearance on Eric Mitchell's show, which is a great show, and he just started it. Very popular guy. Follow him on Twitter. Uh, he's on Fox News all the time. He's on a lot of different channels. Um, but I was talking about how I think India, India could be the new China. You know, I work with. You know, I I know the Indian people. I've never met one bad person from India. Some of the most polite, down to earth. Very religious, um, best manners, you know, and, I, and, I, and and just how they have always been our ally. They've never turned their back on us. They're not sneaky. They're not secretive. They're not really that corrupt. Modi's a great guy. For instance, China was trying to go to battle with us on pharmaceuticals, and Modi's like, no problem. I'll help you guys out with hydrochloride. However you pronounce it. But you guys, you guys, you know, know what medicine I'm talking about that treats Corona among other things. I mean, I think Trump and Modi have developed this strong bond and this, these dynamics and this, you know, uh, amazing relationship that can last a lifetime. And I think India is way more qualified than China. I think their products are way more durable, way stronger, way more valuable. Um, they, They build better technology than China, in my opinion, in certain ways. You know, I, I, I've been in technology a long time. I know a lot about these countries and how, how they operate things. So I, I, I think that there's, a, you know, a future here. And I think we need to kind of um, really keep, you know, keep your ears and eyes open and really pay close attention. I think here, I don't want to say the coming weeks, but I would say the coming months, I think we're going to hear a lot more about India uh, making more constant deals with us. Um, you know, I, I really do. I really do um so so the, the task force i mean they 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 are actually before i get to that before i get to that the last thing i want to mention before i i i finish off with this corona thing that i did not mention earlier that had nothing to do with corona is the gop senators are now telling the fbi They wanted them to produce all the records on the collusion probe infected by the Russian disinformation. So don't forget, we were led on this witch hunt for three years with this Mueller crap. All this lies, all this propaganda, all these fabrications, all this brainwashing, hundreds hundreds of interviews, all these people that were supposed to be the smoking gun and star witnesses, and they didn't have a damn thing. And the people that they charged stuff, you know, they put charge people with like Flynn stone had nothing to do with Trump. So now, you know, and think about the FISA warrant they went after all hearsay. They never had any legitimate evidence or sufficient cause. And, you know, release it. The FBI needs to release it. The GOP senators are absolutely right. Okay. Now getting back to the Corona thing real quick. Um, I read today NYC Corona deaths are down. Um, in the last two weeks, they're down big, down actually significantly. So I think that, that that's something that we really need to applaud, uh, considering they are one of the ones that, uh, in my strong opinion, were, were, at, were hit the hardest. You know, you look at the numbers and you look at New York City, not so much upper, upper state New York, but, I mean, in New York City, it's one of the biggest cities in the world. What do they have? I don't know the exact numbers, but it's millions and millions and millions. It's the biggest city in the United States. So, um, and, you know, obviously the three biggest places that it's affected in terms of cities uh, was Seattle, New York City, and Los Angeles, California. Um, you know, and this whole Open America protest, I'm angry. Everyone's angry. We're pissed. We've had enough. We want our lives back. You know, the, the, the worst is behind us. Uh, we've we've de- definitely flattened the curve. And just remember what Trump said. If he had not taken action and banned all travel from China months ago, we would have had so many more lives lost. I mean, they thought a low amount would be about 100,000, but it looks like we're going to even be lower than that. Uh, right now, I think we're at 36,000. And, uh, you know, hospital beds are empty in a lot of places. I mean, people... Uh, you know, and I've never seen so much unity. Uh, regardless of your political aisle, uh, people are there for one another. People are getting out of hand. And I'll tell you, Trump, these briefings, I'll tell you, it's, it can be repetitive. And, you know, it, it's every single day um, repetitive in terms of how the news, fake news media outlet portrays themselves and how they constantly get on his case and attack him. Uh, we've never seen a more transparent president ever. I mean, he gives them everything they want. Every information, I mean, you know, it doesn't matter what he says, what he does. It will never be enough. He, he could cure this thing tomorrow, and then they'll, they'll be on another obsession. They'll be on another fixation. You know, they'll want something more. Um, you know, and, and it's like this is – but this is, how they, this is how they operate. This is how they make money. Um, they can't show positive stuff about Trump on CNN. You know, they, their viewers don't want to see that. Their viewers are so one-dimensional, so jaded, so one-sided. Um, and, you know, we see how a lot of these channels now, especially the leftist liberal channels, are now flipping off uh, the briefings. Uh, you know, I mean, th- this is the kind of dishonesty we're living with. they taking things out of context. I mean, every single turn, they're taking things out of context. And, you know, I, I don't know. I keep trying to figure this out. You know, a lot of governors, a lot of different people in States have now opened very, well, I'm not going to say a lot. There's been a few like Jacksonville opened their beaches. Texas, Texas is getting ready to open back up their economy. Alabama has been talking about it. Um, Alaska has been talking about it. Um, a lot of States have been talking about it. And the, obviously the main goal, the main objective, the main thing here by May 1st, some people are saying it's going to be before that. um, but the way I, I just, I, you know, I want to, I want to plan. I want a full game plan. Um, you know, what, what's, how, how what's the new norm going to be? You know, are we going to be able to go back to movie theaters like we used to? Are we going to be able to go back to sporting events? Are we going to be able to go back, back to bars and restaurants? You know, um, you know, because I would say majority of people in this country are not going to be scared. I would say you have that, you know, probably 25, 30% that, are going to be very cautious and going back out very slowly. I mean, I I, I hope I, I really hope that people take a good look in the mirror that do these fearmongering tactics. But because you believe it or not, I mean, I you know I don't buy into this whole bullshit because I, I compare it somewhat to the flu in a lot of ways. You know, it, it, it all goes into how strong your immune system is. You know, and if you have pre-existing conditions, I mean, obviously there's exceptions. Some people just die um, from it. Without any anything you know pre-existing, but it's it's mainly elderly, mainly uh, or babies. But you, we can't we can't shut down the economy. Like I said earlier in the show, there's going to be more people dying from mental health and and being stuck in a house and going crazy and being taken out of their everyday life and routine than there are going to be that die from this virus. Think about all the people that die from suicide every year. What is it like? It's way more than. So far that have died from this virus, cancer, AIDS, all these things are way more than these numbers. Even the flu is more than these numbers, as far as as far as far I know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it is. <clears throat> and, you know, it's just, it, guys, it's really, um, it, it's out of control. And, and look at the Democrats. They're on endless vacations. They're not, you know, they're not in any rush to help us. You know, Nancy Pelosi, that slob, that drunk, slurring her words every other second, you know, (laughs) showing ice cream in her fridge in her mansion to who's that James Corbin, that, that big fat British guy who's so annoying, that liberal who always likes to suck on Michelle Obama. I'm so sick. You know what? You know, excuse my filter, but I'm, I'm tired of all these people. You know, and celebrities, they come out and say how hard they have it, how they're going crazy. Yeah, you guys know nothing. You guys, you guys live in your own little bubble, and you guys come out, and you guys, you know, do, give me a break. Give me a break. President Trump, and I love him for this, just suspended immigration to the U.S. Keep it. Keep it like that for a long time. What's the rush? We need our own country to get – and Donald Trump says he's going to absolutely investigate the Wuhan lab. Because you know what? I don't care what anybody says. This was one of the most highest secure labs on the planet. How the hell is it just accidentally going to get out a a virus like that? Come on. This is absolutely used as a weapon. We've defeated China. we beat them so badly. Nobody's ever beat them this bad. Um, they've been defeated like never seen before. They have a 50- to 60-year low uh, in their economy. We, the trade, I mean, we, we, we destroyed them. And they can't handle that. They're so used to getting their own way. They're so used to having everything about them. And you know what? It, it, there's a new sheriff in town, Donald Trump. You know what? We'll come back stronger than ever before from this. And, you know, big tech, you know, I talk about big tech all the time on my show. Uh, they're becoming more and more of an issue every day. Um, Because like I say all the time, people don't even really – a lot of people don't even read the newspaper anymore. Uh, They get a lot of their information on their phones or on social media, and you have people like Facebook that are coddling and defending the World Health Organization who covered for China and knew this epidemic was going to break out. And they did nothing. They did absolutely nothing these celebrities these these disgusting disgraceful mostly smelly feminist hollywood celebrities putting on this show for the world health organization this past weekend you know it's like everything good we do for the country like defunding world health organization hollywood goes against it and and you know we all know they're globalists most of them at least i mean that's their culture and they they you know they if anybody ever saw that movie Something shadows over the – was it called over the – came out a couple of weeks ago. But anyways, it exposes Hollywood. It shows how they bow down to Satanism. Uh, there's a whole church of the devil there, and it's real. And, I, you know, I check every source before I make any sort of claim on my radio, radio show. But the, the shit that they're into, including pedophilia, including some of these rituals with the Illuminati, which the Illuminati is absolutely real. I am not kidding. You know, people want it, and don't forget. And I don't want to get too off topic here. The term conspiracy theory was invented when they assassinated JFK. When our government took down JFK, that's when they came up with the term conspiracy theory. Because if you ever tried to second guess it or tried to question it or investigate it, they'd call you crazy and they'd call you nuts. And then they you know, then they'd get, the obviously, the media on their side. We, we all know how the whole pattern works. It's crazy, guys. We're living in a crazy time. I will say that. Uh, I will start with uh, retired police chief and homicide detective, Michael Valsey. Michael, go ahead.
3: Thanks, Roy. I did want to compliment you on your Eric Mitchell show you did. uh, That was great. You sent me that uh, link. Uh, I enjoyed that very much. I did want to mention Out of of Shadows, and if any of your listeners haven't seen that, I try to find it. That thing was probably over, uh, last I checked, over 11 million views. Only counting what was on YouTube. And they said yeah. give them permission for other platforms to show it. So that number way, is probably you well over.
2: Within, and Michael, by the way, within 24 hours, Michael, they had millions of views, and apparently YouTube was trying to remove it and purposely censor it. So when somebody ever re- typed in the title on YouTube, they'd have to scroll forever before they could find it. Like they were purposely hiding it. But go ahead, sorry.
3: I, I'll tell you right now, it was extremely well done. I can't say I was uh, shocked by anything I saw, because I was pretty much aware of all of this, from things that I've read and followed over the years. I was glad to see it in one compact documentary that covered it all. There were some things they could have probably went into more detail on, but I think in order not to shock the public any further, I thought it was remarkably well done, when The president called it the best documentary maybe he's ever seen. He was absolutely right. But uh, I I just thought it was fantastic. And you can find it if you look for it. Uh, Your listeners just have to understand it's out of shadows. There's no thought in there. It's not out of those shadows. It's out of shadows. And I'm sure if you check a few different platforms, you'll be able to find it. It's a minute, a little over 17 seconds long. It's well worth your time. You won't be disappointed. Uh, I don't know where to start, Roy, but I'll start here. You see, John John Roberts from Fox News got caught on a hot mic. uh,
2: On hot mic, saying saying that. that,
3: Yeah, yeah, saying that this this thing is a hoax. Well, you know what? I'm not willing to go as far as to say it's a hoax because I think there is something out there. Just not sure. You know, this is called COVID-19 for a reason. Either it started in 2019, which we know it did, or it's the 19th different strain of the coronavirus you see on your Lysol game, right? Which means it's already been around. So I think we're in a bunch of panic over nothing. I'll give you some evidence of that. The CDC is now no longer tracking the 2019-2020 flu season cases. They're all being clumped in as COVID cases. We were on pace for about 60,000 deaths in the United States this year from the flu alone. So how are they differentiating between flu deaths and COVID deaths? The answer to that is they're not.
2: And Michael, think about this. When they're so fixated on corona, they're they're pretty much in a lot of ways ignoring everything else that people are struggling with that they do on a, a yearly basis, like allergies, the flu, stuff like that, you know?
3: That's exactly right. I just think, and, and this has been my concern, and when she came out, Dr. Briggs came out in one of those press conferences in the last few days and said they were no longer tracking the flu. I had been to the CDC's website. I couldn't find it anymore. A couple of months ago, you could find the flu as it tracked with the coronavirus. Now it's all combined. If you figure we lost Over 60,000 people in one of the more recent flu seasons, the 2017-2018 flu season, the numbers were astronomical. We won't even hit that this year, even with the COVID numbers. So it makes one think that this thing has been completely overblown. There's been some studies out now about, and I talked on your show about this before, about something called herd immunity. You don't hear them talking about this in the uh, press conferences, Dr. Fauci and uh, uh, Dr. Bricks. They don't even mention it. You know, you do hear a little bit now about these antibodies and the, these antibody tests that are coming back. The original one I saw was in Chicago, where they said 30 to 50 percent of the people in Chicago had antibodies for this virus. In order to have those antibodies, you either had to have the virus in some capacity. You could have been asymptomatic which means you had no symptoms. Maybe you just had a runny nose. Maybe you just had a headache for a couple of days. But nonetheless, you're cured of it or you're over it, and now you're carrying
0: the antibodies.
3: Those antibodies spread amongst people. Go ahead. And,
2: Michael, here's the the real question, is what's the solution? I mean, in terms of every time we have something like this break out from now on in the future, is the whole economy going to shut down? You know what I mean? Like, it's crazy.
3: Well, I know, and this is what I'm getting at. I mean, you figure this. They're they're counting all these deaths, and that's pretty much been obvious. If you're listening carefully in these press conferences, they're allowing these people to count all deaths. Well, why would they do that? Well, the reason they're doing it is they're getting paid, I don't know, up to like $1,500 per coronavirus case. So anything they can list as a coronavirus case, they're getting an extra $1,500. They're getting almost $40,000 for every patient they stick on a ventilator. So as far as the hospitals in these cities are concerned, they're not in any hurry to see this end. They're making tons of money off of it. My biggest concern is they have, the mainstream media has a public in an outright panic, which I think is unnecessary. Uh I'm I'm serious about these antibodies. I think the country, I don't think you turn this on a spigot slowly. I think you open it all the way and open the country back up. You may have a few more cases, but we're coming to the end of the flu season, especially in areas where
4: you have drastic
3: seasonal changes like where I live. You know, we're winding down the flu season here. It's a proven fact that bright sunlight kills this virus. It's a proven fact. Okay. The virus can't survive in bright sunlight. Now, you take uh, areas that are traditionally warm, but some of them get a lot of rain. Arizona's numbers were, were way down. And they never really got that high, you know, because it's typically pretty hot and sunny in, in uh, Arizona. Uh, and I think in Florida, it was pretty much the same way. The, the places that were hit were places where people from China would travel to regularly, the Orlando area and, and Miami area. Those are the only two places really hit harder for it. So, like I said, I think the mainstream media has, uh, has overplayed this thing. I think it's been a big push to push the radical liberal agenda, especially yeah. in uh, liberal cities where the liberal, liberal governors are. And I think you're getting a little carryover, like in my state of Indiana. I think you're, uh, because we're surrounded by some of these other states, I think we're going to be a little bit delayed and reopening But, you know, the virus was actually here, and I mentioned this weeks ago on your show, that this virus could have been here as early as late November, early December. To go back to Trump's State of the Union address, he mentioned the coronavirus address while Nancy Pelosi's tearing up his speech, you know, he or preparing to tear up his speech. He mentioned COVID-19. He mentioned the coronavirus in that State of the Union. He was well aware this was coming, all right? And to put the travel ban in what he did, he just will never get the amount of credit that I think he deserves for that. While in San Francisco and in California and in New York City, they were celebrating Chinese New Year while they were still carrying out the impeachment hoax, if you remember. They didn't even mention this in the last three Democratic debate debates. The topic of coronavirus never even came up. You know, and you kept hearing this term about that the cure can't be worse than the virus itself. Well, it absolutely is, because I think I know a point that you were trying to make there about, you know, the suicide rate and the death rate just from having people locked in their house, taking people out of their routine. I worked with a guy for a lot of years that was, you could set your watch by this when this guy came to work. Okay. As soon as that guy retired, he didn't live six months. Before he died, because you break a person's routine, you just can't do that. And they're going to find out the the effects of this virus are going to be long, long with us. And it's not going to be the virus that's killing people. It's going to be what they did to people because of the virus. I can tell you right now, I, I believe that there's two studies that were done. One was in Taiwan and the other was in Germany. where where households of people had been infected with the coronavirus. They went inside with permission. They went inside their homes. They tested all the services, tabletops, countertops, faucets, door handles. They could find no traces of the virus any place inside the house. Yet the entire family was carrying the virus. Okay, that tells you this virus is being spread in close quarters. Multi-generational families, which we have a lot of in the inner cities and uh, in the low-income areas, where you have a lot of people living in a single house, those houses are more susceptible because you have these people come They say, going to the grocery store, you're likely going to get the coronavirus without a mask or with a mask is nil. You know, we were originally told this thing could travel so far in the air. That's just not true. All the studies I've read now says none of this stuff is true. We're dealing with common flu. If you take common flu precautions, which I do because I live in the Chicago area, I use Clorox wipes. If I come out of a grocery store, I pump gas my car, I just take those normal precautions. And I, you know, I think that's what people have to do. And I also think keeping yourself in some sort of physical shape and underlying conditions, you know, more than 90% of these cases. The people have two or more underlying case uh, conditions. Other people that are dying from this. Some people are learning of underlying conditions they didn't know they had, but it's still affecting those people. So I, I just think that uh, you know we're we're here in two terms. The social distancing and new normal. are about running very thin with my patients. I'm telling you. I'm about sick of hearing it. I'm ready for this place to open back up and people will go about their business. I, I've i not let it change my life other than the fact that I can't go sit in a bar and have a beer or go to a restaurant and have an nice dinner. It's about the only way it's affected me. And I refuse to wear a mask under any circumstances. It's not, they can give me all the dirty looks they want, but until there's an official law or statement from the governor, I'm not wearing one. I'll get off of that for now. I think Trump's immigration ban was a great, great thing. Uh, It's something he worked towards. I really believe there was a lot of things going on behind the scenes, which is why he allowed allowed this thing to go on as long as it has. Uh, You know, the Democrats are using it again to push their agenda. They want voter ID. I believe that the voter fraud over the 2016 and 2018 elections are going to be exposed. I think you're going to see some arrests and maybe some indictments come out over that. And I think if he doesn't do it by executive order, he'll do it through the Congress. You're going to have a voter ID before the 2020 election. I tend to think it's going to be the secured driver's license. I know they pushed that date back from January 2020 now to September, I believe. But I think it'll be in place before the next election. And I think that may be the means he uses Uh, Just quickly on the uh, Chicago gun control, you know, you got Kansas City and Chicago where the likelihood of dying from gun violence is higher than the likelihood of dying from the flu or coronavirus. So, and, uh, you know, I wanted to touch on this because I want to take up a lot of your time, but you mentioned India. I think Trump has forged a tremendous relationship with uh, Modi and India. And I think Absolutely. what his goal has been all along is the countries that the, the companies that aren't going to come back to the United States, that are going to leave China, I think he's set them up to go to India. I think he's trying to prop them up, why, which is why India was more than willing to help us on the hydroxychloroquine, which I think is going to end up being the ultimate cure. And I think Trump is just waiting for the right time to have the CDC come out and say yes. This is the cure. And the rendezvouser is, is working. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but again, they were trying to keep people away from hydroxychloroquine. Because when this yeah. breaks on hydroxychloroquine, we're going to find out it cures a lot of other things. It, it cures a lot of other disease ex- besides coronaviruses. It may even cure all flus. They've hid this thing. And I think I mentioned on your show before there was a, one of the guy and his wife who manufactured, the largest manufacturer of hydroxychloroquine back in, I yeah. think, late 2017, early 2018, they murdered him and his yeah. wife. Well, they've been trying to keep this out of the public sphere forever.
2: Oh, yeah, and look at the media bad-mouthing it. Like, the mainstream media are badmouthing the medicine and trying to say that it, it, it actually kills people with corona rather than helping i mean the media is really the enemy of the people i mean they're trying they're literally trying to kill people because they're trying to tell people that it's not hydrochloric it's bad you know
3: right and the reason is not because trump mentioned it which would be the obvious reason it's because this drug has the, uh, the possibility to cure so many diseases what does that do to the pharmaceutical industry and the kickbacks that politicians are making off the pharmaceutical industry, if you start curing these drugs, what if it cures some form of cancer, which I believe it does, and that person doesn't have to go through chemo and, and radiation because they're cured because they've taken a, a drug that costs $12 on the market, right? Look how much money the pharmaceutical companies and kickback money that the politicians lose. There's a lot of reasons they've hid hydroxychloroquine and have tried to downplay it, but Trump is not going to let it happen. Just watch. It's coming. And I'll just finish up on this note, Rory. If you saw John Solomon on Lou little dial, He said there's going to be some indictments coming. These people are not going to get away with this Russian delusion stuff. They put the president through for three years and then the Ukraine stuff. There's going to be indictments coming. And if you listen to those press conferences closely, he's hinted at a lot of things, and I think you could see the pardon coming for Roger Stone, General Flynn, and probably Manafort, uh, just based on things he said in the uh, press conferences. And uh, yeah. those press conferences right. have been a godsend because his popularity is skyrocketing, regardless of what some of these uh, liberal polls would have you believe.
1: I agree.
2: And with that, I'll right. stick
3: around and listen to the rest of the show.
2: All right. Tell everybody where they can connect with you.
3: You can reach me on Twitter at Michael Valsi, V-A-L-S-I dot com, V-A-L-S-I period. And uh, I'll be glad to DM with you. And
2: yeah, and Michael, I wanted to ask you, um, you know, before before I let you go, um, and, and obviously you'll stay on with us. We got, got a lot more to get into tonight, but. Uh, you being a Chicago guy, I, I watched the um, Chicago Bulls thing on Sunday on ESPN, and I'll tell you what, man, uh, did you watch it? Yes, I did. Absolutely incredible, and and you know, uh, the by far the greatest sports team to ever exist. I mean, and, and you know, Ahmad Rashad, for anybody that doesn't know, a very famous sports reporter, described the situation perfectly. These this team was like the Beatles. And, and sorry, guys, I, you know, I get really excited about sports. I know this is mainly a, a political show, but um, just talking about this whole documentary, I, I mean, it was absolutely um, everything I, I was absolutely expecting, everything. And just the motivation, the drive, the the, the walls that, that, that all these guys would run through and six titles and, you know, Phil Jackson, Michael Jordan, you know, Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman. I mean, they had – a team like we'll never see again. And just the, the way they made it work, the, the chemistry, you know, they, their motive, their goal all along was to win. And, you know, they were going to go to whatever, you know, whatever, you st- know, whatever level or degree pop, whatever they needed to do to win and, and make that happen, you know?
3: You know, when they hit Chicago at a right time, uh, it's, it's yeah. a team that will forever live in infamy especially in the Chicago region because Chicago was so starved from championships between the uh, White Sox and the Cubs and the Bears. Right. Right. You know, they had nothing from the 85 Bears, which should have been a dynasty in and of itself, which wound up being a one-and-done team. The Bulls took yeah. something and did something long-term for the city of Chicago. And the city of Chicago, yeah. the people of Chicago will be forever indebted to them. You can see it every day. You can't go to the city of Chicago without seeing some remnants of that Bulls team. So yeah, I mean it, it and, was and, remarkable.
2: And think about how much you know, the way the documentary, you know, one of you know, the way it kind of portrayed and narrated things was, you know, the Bulls were not a com- a hot commodity or or a big thing until Michael Jordan came along. I mean they they were you know. You know, primarily oh. obsessed with the Bears and the Cubs, and you know, I, I think the Blackhawks as well. But the Bulls were really under the radar. And you look at what Jordan did with branding, and, and you know, people from all over the world just became fascinated. Uh, you know, and it's just the the work, and just the work ethic that they put in. There's no other
3: team they, that I've ever seen they, work hard. They did, they did something in basketball that no other team has been able to achieve. They put a nucleus together of three players, uh, basically, and they could put the other two guys, it didn't matter who they were. As long as they played by their rules and did what they wanted done and were in the spots they were supposed to be, they were winning championships. The nucleus of that team, they proved something in all professional sports. That you can build a team around a few guys, and, and you know it worked for them. It hasn't worked for a lot of teams, but it worked for that Bulls team.
2: Oh, it it absolutely did. It absolutely did. Um, and it, yeah, we'll ne- we'll never see it again. But uh, Michael Valsi, always a pleasure. I really appreciate it, my friend.
5: Okay, thank you. Absolutely.
2: Um, I do want to welcome um let's make sure he's with us
5: uh actually let's go to
2: let's go to todd let's go to todd mckinley todd i'm sure you have a lot of thoughts about everything that's going on go ahead
4: oh absolutely Roy. i appreciate you there and uh you know let's think about this and i'll hit on a hit on a point remember whenever the uh back last year whenever president trump kind of stopped having press conferences if you remember after uh after uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, she left. They stopped having the press conferences because every 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 time they would do it, they would either duck out, or they would just just selectively edit, or or, or just run, run the comments that they want to run with regards to whatever she said, uh, or take her out of context. So he said, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stop having these press conferences, and I'll go direct. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah sorry,
2: it was. On. So it, was, no, it cut out for one second. Now you're back.
4: Okay, yeah. So basically, essentially, it's, uh, you know, they, they, they never went with anything she said. They just basically would selectively edit whatever she said or, or, or put it in their own little comments uh, and, and take her out of context. So he's like, you know what? I'll just go to the American people like I did before uh, on Twitter and, and of course, uh, through social media. And so, you know, why, why, not, ha- why not stop having these uh, press conferences? And, and all of a sudden, as soon as he, uh, the coronavirus breaks, so he's like, well, I'm going to make sure the American people get the information directly from me. I'm going to have these press conferences. And then the other day you have uh, you know, several different outlets are talking about you know, not, not even covering the press conferences because they're saying, well, it's just a campaign rally for the president or it's just a campaign commercial for the president. Uh, and MSNBC, I think it was uh, the other day, said something. Charles M. Blow, he said uh, you know, they need to stop having the, the press briefings because it's, it's painting the president in, in a good light. And Katie Kerrick basically uh, tweeted out his story. Uh, and, and like the next day, MSNBC took the story down, and of course now Katie Couric has deleted her tweet about that. Uh, so that's you know that just goes to show you that these press conferences are are, are working. They're getting the information out to the American people, uh, basically you know telling the people that, that what they need to know. Uh, and I like what he had to say with regards to the people that are protesting the uh, the, the different governors that are too heavy-handed. Uh, he said you know everybody has their right to go out and protest, and, and they do. Uh, you know why 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 shut down a skate park why put, why fill it in with sand i mean like- now you're costing taxpayers money to, for, for, for for no daggone reason, and now after the fact you're gonna have to go out there and pay money to uh to remove the stand, and you know, and all of a sudden you're telling people in Michigan that they can't go to, to a second home or, or buy things uh, for, uh, for home improvement. I mean, you're you're confining someone to, to essentially house arrest, but while they're at home they can't do any home improvements. I mean, it, it makes no it makes no sense. Uh, it's ridiculous. Uh, then, course, I mean,
2: Tom Brady, they gave Tom Brady a citation for playing by himself in the field. It's ridiculous. Oh.
4: Right, right, and and you know I forget which state it was in, but they were they were handing out fines, five hundred dollar fines to people for sitting in a parking lot in in their vehicles listening to basically a church sermon. Uh, You know they were fairly well socially distanced. They're in their own their own vehicles, and you're handing out five hundred dollar fines, and and of course they've since rescinded those fines. Uh, But you know it's like this, you know. People say, well, I I don't know if any law enforcement or the military would ever go along with X, Y, and Z, but they are actually going along. And and, and by by and large, uh, in in a lot of of respects, in a lot of these states. Uh, So, you know, don't buy into that whole thing of of so and so wouldn't go along, because a lot of times people will just follow the orders that they're they're given. So, you know, the American people need, need to be aware of this and understand their rights. And, and I always say, don't go along to get along. You know, don't let them shut down church services. Uh, but be aware, hey, it's, there's a p- potential for you to get sick. But there's always that potential. Uh, you know, before you go in there. And of course, uh, if you don't want to go to church because you're scared of something or you're just being cautious, by all means, exercise caution. But you should never be forced to shut things down. I, I, I don't, I don't agree with that in, in, in any respects. Uh, you know, maybe may certain circumstances where. Uh, you know, maybe certain certain things could be shut down or, 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 or temporarily uh, suspended, uh, but but those would have to be certain circumstances, you know. But uh, any, anyway, let me get back into something you've talked about. You talked about the, uh, the the elections and mail-in ballots. You know, think about the mail-in ballots, for example. Those mail-in ballots would have to go through someone's hands, and that has the potential. And especially Democrats are, are very prone for this. But even Republicans or even people on the right could could look at it and say, oh, they voted for a Democrat, and simply throw it throw it in the trash. Uh, Democrats, mind you, would be more apt to do that than a Republican in, in, in the history of our country. But it, it has the potential for for it to go both ways, uh, you know. And also, they want to push this national popular vote at the same time. Uh, so, you know, two, those two things together are, are, are very, very, very dangerous. So, you, you think you think about this, like you, you, they see a vote for Donald Trump. You know, for for every ten votes, maybe they have seven or five of them in the trash. And of course, you know, if, if the popular vote was ever passed. Uh, and of course, Mellon votes were, were ever passed. Uh, it, it's too easy to steal an election at that point. Uh, you know, another thing you guys talked about, or you talk about the the, uh, the fake news and the, the way that the media is covering their uh, covering the press conferences. There's a there's a PBS correspondent, and I'm not sure if you if you've seen her uh, Yamichi Alcindor. She usually sits in the back left if you're looking at it from the stage. Uh, she, last week, she or two weeks ago, I think it was, she called out the um, the the, the surgeon, U.S. Surgeon General. Uh, and ask him if his comments were, were racist uh, because he was talking about how, what he calls his grandmother, uh, his aunts and uncles and all that stuff. And mi- mind you, the U.S. Surgeon General is African-American. right? He, he's, a, he's a black guy uh, from Indiana. And, and he, he, he basically was using words and, and names that he calls his family, and he said, don't, don't you think that, that you're being a little bit racist? So she was trying to call him out. And now yesterday she wants to blame President Trump for some deaths. Now, she, didn't, she didn't come out directly and say, say, you know, hey, you know, you've killed these people. But he said, do, do you feel responsible for these deaths? And, you know, you're essentially saying that the president is at fault for, for some people or someone dying, uh, which is completely ridiculous. And, and if you remember uh, how they called out his initial response to this as being, you know, you're going overboard. Uh, you know, Nancy Pelosi, she was down in Chinatown uh, telling everybody to come on out, and celebrate, you know, don't be afraid. There's nothing to see here. And now all of a sudden they want to say, you know, the president's response hasn't gone hasn't gone far enough, you know. So they're on either side of the issue here, you know. Uh, If the president says, you know, we're going to do X, Y, and Z, they're going to say, no, you need to do A, B, and C. And whenever the president says, I'm going to do A, B, and C, they're going to be like, wait a minute, you should be doing X, Y, and Z. Uh, So they're always going to take the opposite side of whatever the president is on. Uh, and, and talking about Nancy Pelosi, the the uh, the ice cream that she had, and, and I, I'm not t- telling anybody to boycott any ice cream or anything like that. I'm sure it's probably good ice cream. Uh, but <laughs> you could you can buy three three pints of ice cream uh, from from and I, I looked at this yesterday from Kroger, uh, of their most expensive pint. You could buy three pints for what one of those pints cost. Uh, and then of course the refrigerator. She had two of them uh, for like a total cost. I think it was around twenty to twenty-five thousand dollars for those. And, and I'm, not, I'm not against somebody, you know, having money and being able to buy certain things. That, that's that's all good. But here, here you are acting like you know you're you're put upon, and, and then you know the whole thing. We're all in this together. You know, I'm sacrificing, and it's like you're not sacrificing anything. Uh, So I'm I'm part of the Hollywood types and the the elites trying to tell the everyday American people, you know, oh, we're all in this together. You know, we're all sacrificing. We're all suffering. I'm like somebody who needs their paycheck, who lives paycheck to paycheck, you know, barely making or barely living above the poverty line. And now all of a sudden they don't have a job and no no income. And you're going to tell that person, oh, we're in it together. I had to sacrifice. You know, I didn't get to go make this movie or, 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 or shoot a scene for my TV show or something like that. Uh, you know, I, I'm sorry. You were not in it together. You're in a different league altogether. All you can retire today and never work in another day in your life. Uh, you know, so, so don't try to tell the American people, especially somebody you know, who has to get up and work every doggone day of their life, uh, just, just to put food on the table, that, you, that you're in it together and you're all suffering. I'm, I'm sorry. It's a completely different ballgame here. Uh, and if you saw the other day, uh, the former, uh, former uh, Secretary of State, Madeleine Albright, uh, she said the Statue of Liberty is weeping with regards to President Trump's temporary uh, uh, immigration ban. You know, but here's the thing. The immigration ban is perfectly legal and perfectly constitutional, and is put in place essentially for th- times like this where there, where there are pandemics uh, so, so that you can protect the American people's health. Uh, that's one of the main reasons that that was put in place, uh, and, and if you think about this. During the Clinton, uh, Clinton administration, uh, they, they put in place one of the most draconian – and, and to this day, a lot of, the people, a lot of Democrats even reference this – one of the most draconian immigration laws. Uh, it was called the Illegal Immigration Reform and Immigration Responsibility Act of 1996. So she oversaw that. She advocated for that, but now all of a sudden she wants to say, hey, you're, you're putting a temporary immigration ban in place to protect the health of the American people. It, 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 she's saying that it goes too far. But mind you, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't, uh, it doesn't inf- uh, inflict any harm on anybody who's already here legally, uh, whether or not they're from this country or what have you. It doesn't affect um, the the temporary workers who are coming here working in agriculture, the guest worker program. It doesn't affect those types of folks. Uh, but but anyway, and and also she never said anything. Uh, during the eight years of Obama, and I, I made note of this the other day, she made, she made no mention of anything that President Obama did within eight years, and if you remember, people on the left and people in, even in his White House have called him the deporter-in-chief, uh, but you know ne- never saw her say anything about him, and all of a sudden he wants to uh, put a temporary ban in place to protect the American people, and now all of a sudden he's the worst thing ever, and now the, now the Statue of Liberty is apparently crying. It, it, it's outrageous and it's ridiculous it just goes to show uh, how, how, how how foolish the people on the left are that, that buy into this uh, and that haven't turned off those channels yet like CNN and MSNBC and all these other things and, and ha- haven't uh, stopped listening to Chris Cuomo and and, and, the, and the, the likes of the, the people on the left who are who are just peddling nonsense and if you did this like like you said a minute ago a little bit of research a little bit of homework uh, a quick uh, quick search search engine search and, and scroll down through there and read a little bit you, you, could, you could find out the facts and instead of listening to just a bunch of nonsense, and I'm not saying that Fox News is always perfect, always right, but by and large, uh, they're, they're more likely to tell you the truth and be, be right on, on the issues and, and tell you more facts than any, any left-wing media ever, and that's just the way that it goes. True. It's very true. <coughs>
2: Absolutely, 100%. Uh, Todd, uh, stay with us, but tell everybody where they can connect with you.
4: Uh, all that good yes, stuff sir. yeah so it's at todd for house t-o-d-d the number four h-o-u-s-c you can get me on facebook twitter instagram by just by just punching that in uh, i follow the todd mckinley commentary and once i have my podcast up hopefully you'll be downloading that listen to that i'm gonna have a lot of good guests on there and have a good uh, a lot of good commentary and uh, we'll, we'll go from there but I'm, I'm gonna probably have to jump off but i appreciate your show and i'm gonna try to listen to it on, on a little bit later uh the, the last half of it there
2: all right, sounds good, my friend. Well, always a pleasure, and we'll talk to you soon.
4: All right, bye now. All
2: righty, uh, I do want to welcome, and, and guys, we got a really big show tonight. Um, we will be having uh, quite a few people uh, coming up shortly. We'll be we will be having U.S. congressional candidate from Florida, Doctor Eric Ogliere, on with us. Very excited, uh, as well as presidential historian James Lumley, um, along with. Um, former congressional candidate for Massachusetts Bob Parks uh, but I do want to introduce right now I believe he's with us um, I want to make sure Let's see here the U.S. congressional candidate from Florida Dr. Eric Aguilar are you with us buddy
6: yes hey how's it going Rory this is Eric Aguilar
2: oh I, okay I, I wanted to make sure I pronounced it right did I was like no you're fine you're fine <laughs>
6: That's why I go for Eric okay. for Congress. <laughs>
2: okay. Perfect. Perfect. Well, man. Well, welcome to the show. Happy to have you here. Um, obviously, a lot to discuss. Uh, first and foremost, though, tell everybody a little bit about yourself.
6: Well, I'm going to go ahead and try to do the short version here because I could go on a long. Uh, You've you lived quite there, I've done a lot. So many You're things there. <laughs> Yes. Um, well, I'm originally from. I was born in Honduras, and I moved here to the United States. I went to Brooklyn, New York. I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, in 1996. I joined the Navy, and I retired from the Navy. I did 20 years and I went all over the world. I went all over Asia. Went around all over the Middle East. Went all over the Indian Ocean, and you can name a place. I've probably been deployed there, and very proudly, I'm serving and very committed to service and all over the place. I mean, I've done almost a, a lot of kind of missions in the Navy on there, so some of them I can't really disclose, but some of them we could go and talk about probably in future um, shows. Um, so after the Navy, I retired in 2016, and then I got my family settled. I never thought I was going to go ahead and run to politics. And Lord and behold, I think uh, God was just calling that, hey, you need to go ahead and do this. So uh, he did the call um, outside of the, of the Navy. Uh, was a teaching already for 14 years. So I'm still teaching as a professor, business, IT, and history. I also do some consulting work. I also do a trading. So I follow the economy a lot. So it's been really interesting how we have been moving, and uh, especially with the coronavirus, how everything has been impacting the economy. And also, what is the impact? And one of the things with me, I'm always a trust by verify type person just to make sure because yeah. there's a lot of things out there, and sometimes they don't tell you, and you, at the end of the day, you have to go ahead and look at what the evidence is and the data and, and make up your own mind on there. shouldn't have other media, mainstream media telling you how to go ahead and think. You should go ahead and think uh, for yourself and basically tell your emotions as you feel emotion yourself. You shouldn't let the media tell you what to go ahead and do. Um, I have five kids. I have one on the way here in August, so it's going to be really interesting. I've been doing a primary on August 18th. And also, the due date, uh, hopefully, we have another boy. It's going to be on August 19th. So it's going to be very eventful as we go through the primary season here in Florida. Uh,
5: I love it. I love it.
6: That, well, uh, a, lot
2: things,
6: a lot of things, a lot of things.
2: <laughs> oh, absolutely. No, it sounds like it. And and, and thank you for your service. Uh, you, guys, you guys are the real mm-hmm. heroes. You know, uh, the military are the people that we need to look up to the most. I mean, you guys put your... Blood, sweat, and tears on the line for our, you know, safety, security, and, uh, and our freedom. So, uh, you know, really, uh, God bless you uh, for that. And um, I think it's great you're running for office. You know, I've always said that uh, we need more military people in there. Uh, we need more people with, the, with that area of expertise to kind uh, of, you know, you know, run things. Uh, we, we, it really uh, – and, and Trump has created something uh, amazing. Um, with the doors uh, that that he's opened, Uh, whether that's a a successful business person or all these different military people that are running more now than ever before. Um, You know, and I've said this many times, I really think the days of the politician are limited. Uh, I think they've been exposed to a point that in a lot of ways is is unrepairable. Whatever side you're on, I mean, we see how popular both sides of the aisle the outsiders have become. Uh, people are fed up, and um, you know I think it, it's awesome, man. And t- for people that don't know, tell everybody what areas of Florida your district cup co- would cover.
6: So I've been to all over the place, which is unusual because the incumbent hasn't been around, and that's one of the things I was testing the water to go the incumbent, all over the place. By the way? So, uh, John Rutherford.
2: Okay, and then what what areas is it?
6: Is uh, Hallier, Callahan. You got Fernandina Beach, which is part of also Yulee and Amelia Island. Usually is a very touristy area there. Uh, we have the east side of Jacksonville, Then we have Atlantic Beach, Neptune Beach, Jacksonville Beach. You kind of saw them in the news, and um, some fake news kept putting in that there were more people than what they were at the beaches. Uh, we also have yeah. a Panavida Beach. We have St. Augustine, St. Augustine Beach, and there's a whole bunch of community development districts uh, that are there. Um, for it, and their CDDs, um, that they're basically their own government, but they still have the county, and still part of that government, St. John's County, and then also Nassau County has got its own um, commissioners um, in there, and then Duval's a little bit mixed up, because the right side is more Republican, and then the left side, when you go in there, is more Democrats, so when you look at the Jacksonville Jaguars, that's more on the Democratic side, and you kind of know why it looks like that (laughs) now.
2: Gotcha. No, well, it makes sense. I mean, most places run by Democrats are run down uh, areas, you know, a lot of uh, places that, uh, you know, we like we refer to as shitholes, you know what I mean? Because let's face it. I mean, we do we tell it how it is. And I mean, that they don't care. You know, they want to keep people pulled. They want to keep people in the gutter. They want to keep people, you know, uh, down the drain. I mean, they they don't they don't have any motive or any um, you know, they, they did, they have no, they have no intention on, on, on ever uh, doing what's right, especially how far left they've gone, you know, and if you're a Democrat in today's society, you know, if you're an old school Democrat, they're voting for Trump. I mean, this so, so many Democrats have left that party because they don't recognize how left it's gone and how, how much it's turned into communism. You know, the days of the moderate are, I mean, it's, it's bad. It, it really is bad. Um, I want to ask you though, so uh, how's the Corona um, cases in your area? Are they bad? Are they really bad? Or is it just kind of average
6: from what we have seen with the numbers on there? And, you know, I've been looking at Florida didn't
2: get really Florida didn't get as hard hit as hard as some of the other states I noticed.
6: No, it did not uh, get on there. I mean, people are abiding by the, the regulations in there with the where face masks. Some want to wear it, some don't wear it in there. There have been a lot of um, more stay at home. But uh, part of it, the tourist yeah. industry here has it, been hit pretty hard in the restaurants. And it, it's amazing as people never realize how much they actually went out and how much they try to have a good time going to Atlantic Beach, Neptune Beach, Jack's Beach, you know, Ferdinand, yeah. Amelia. So that has been hit very very hard um, with it and this is one of the things on the rory that part of my campaign that we uh, me and my team were thinking about it back in may and then we started coming to fruition one of the things that we want to do that was totally different and i'm glad you mentioned about you know the old politicians going out there and the establishments is we want to look at something that's more protective and preventative right. for it. that's part of the military we always prepared to ready to go and then be ready for it and Back that yes. we have seen even the last recession for 2008 until now, you know it really should make yes. everybody think: what was our Congress actually doing? Where we actually exactly. prepared for another recession? We accumulated um, back when Obama took over with about nine trillion dollars, and then he just gave us 11 trillion dollars of debt with no pathway to actually reduce. He
2: raised, the debt. He actually raised reduced. the debt more than all presidents. He raised the debt more than all presidents in history combined. I mean he, Correct, Obama, and I don't know was,
6: why people keep saying he's a good president. You know, I agree with you; he's one of the worst presidents that has been in there. Has really had led us into a downturn, and you could look at. And it wasn't only just him; it's also the legislators, the elected officials, how they have actually led the American people to a bad path. We're actually going into a path that we're going to be owned because of the yeah, fact that now we're at twenty-four trillion dollars. Well, no, and no, I know. Where it's are we go going to go and here?
2: Well, sorry, go ahead.
6: Yeah, and now if you look at even the stimulus package, they keep adding more debt, more debt, more debt. I want to go ahead and still know what are they going to do to reduce it, and there's no pathway to reduce it. And that's what me and my team are going to go ahead and start putting in some of these bills to go ahead and start having more protections. And one of the things that we're mostly focusing on is America first legislation. I do not know where do we go wrong And where did these politicians and these elected officials went in to start selling out America in a way to all these different areas? And I don't want to go ahead and seem like a conspiracy theorist. I'm just following the data. I'm just tracking everything that has been done to look at the position that we're here.
2: No, it's very, very well said. No, absolutely. And, you know, I want to ask you, your your area just made headline news um, in every outlet because you're one of the very few – you're one of the very first places to start opening up. You guys just open up your beaches. How do you feel about that? And I'm sure you've been out. What's the culture like? What's I'm sure you know everybody's being responsible. Tell us a little bit about that in Jacksonville. Yeah,
6: no, everybody people are being responsible. They're going to the beach or they're meeting the the criteria. The you know, the mayor actually is doing a really good job. He's going out there. He's sometimes tweeting or he's sometimes saying, hey, I've gone to Neptune Beach. And uh, The sheriff has gone out there. You know, there's a times we may not agree with certain things in there, but they have actually been doing a good job to make sure policing because at the end of the day, you know, we all have to go ahead and be safe and make sure that people are abiding by the rules. And they have been. Actually, it was in the news that somebody that uh, I guess they caught somebody that actually um, committed murder and they actually caught him over here from Pennsylvania. So that was a good thing. So kudos on the Jacksonville Beach police for go ahead and catching that person and putting them in jail. And hopefully they lock away, the you know, lock them up and throw away the key.
2: <laughs> Amen. Amen, man. Well, I'll tell you what, man. Uh, we, we We really, we need more military people in office. We need more patriots. Um and and I'll tell you what what's the situation looking like? Are you are you pretty much leading? Have you looked at any polls recently? Yeah, here the
6: polls are very stagnant. There's not really too many. Usually the UNF is the only polling that they have and I think they may be doing something in June. I don't know how well they're gonna go to do it since most of the campuses are closed. So but usually what, my team we're doing quite a bit of our own polling and How many people at are running against different you? avenues?
2: How many people are running against you and oh. your party?
6: Oh, it's only me and uh, me, the incumbent, right now. We just went through qualifying week. Um, well, qualifying week is going to oh. be over in Friday at noon. So we'll see if anybody else is going to. There's a writing candidate and that's a Republican, but, you know, writing candidates, oh, wow. they really don't move that you forward in there. In but uh, so you
2: don't
6: have anybody But, your but face it's mostly... in the
2: primary.
6: Yeah, so it's just me and the incumbent right now. That That's it. Oh, wow. On there. Oh, and, okay. and mostly, it's nothing. And I don't want to go ahead and, and, and bash the guys. There's nothing against them on there. Is The fact is that I'm a full, wholehearted American first um, person all the time in there. Absolutely. Because right now, uh, after going around the district and seeing so many things, I still can't believe it. It's like I can't believe in 2020 we still have kids that are starving, that they don't really have food on the weekend. You know, we still have a lot well, hear, of homelessness that is I, out there. It, it, it's like why are we giving money? to other countries. In the meantime, we need it here at home, and then we're raising all this debt, and then we're basically just crippling the American citizen and the taxpayer, and who's doing anything about it? Nothing. And I'm actually telling some of my veteran friends and my retired friends, is like, hey, look, come on, you need to go ahead and start running. Let's go ahead and running, and let's go ahead and do something here, mm-hmm. because one thing about military uh, veterans is that we're about action. We're about no nonsense to it's go true. ahead and get in there, get the job done. And we're going to do it right for the people because there's always service above self. And that's something I I don't know where did we lose that. (laughs) But we're going to bring it back. In a way, we're bringing sexy back. We're going to bring what's right for the people. We're bringing sexy back.
2: Amen. Amen. Tell everybody where they can get involved with your campaign and all that good stuff.
6: All right. So my website is eric E R I C K 4 Congress. Dot com that is the website. you could always go in and reach me on email, which is Eric at Eric We also have our own podcasting and we start talking about different issues and things that are that are basically in a way, what are people thinking like we have a, already a podcast on family fears, you know what are family fears about education? Uh, we just launched one here about overcoming unemployment because we're all about preventative, uh, measures in there so part of it is still right. we should have our own independence we should never let the government tell us or hold a carrot over us so we can go ahead and, and do something that's going to be very negative no,
0: it's true. It's and true. basically no, it's it's true.
6: government control and that's you're, and that's what the, everybody's I, I do got i do got to let same, I do gotta no, you
0: go
2: but
6: no no i problem. do got to <laughs> let you
2: go but absolutely you're no you're absolutely right but so what's your website again tell everybody
6: eric for Congress.com. E R I C K. And then
2: what's your Twitter?
6: At Eric Aguilar Jax. J A X.
2: Perfect. Perfect. Well, let's have you back soon. I do got to get to the next guest. Right. But I really no appreciate problem. you being with
6: All right. Thank you so much, Rory.
2: All right. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. I do want to welcome to the show. I believe he's with us. We have presidential historian James Lumley. James, welcome. How are you?
1: Thank you. Good evening. It's good to be on your show tonight.
2: To have you with us? Um, obviously, you have uh, an impressive re- resume. Uh, you have quite the background. Uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself, my friend.
1: Well, I was born in Miami, Florida. I grew up uh, in an aviation family. Actually, my dad was a pilot with Delta Airlines. His brother my uncle was twa and grandfather flew for pan-american airlines so it was kind of a family business went off to college in 1980 and uh, there was a presidential election and i uh was um, invited to hear a speech by the uh, former actor and uh former governor ronald reagan and i was i was hooked <laughs> so i i cast my first vote in the 1980 uh, presidential election there and college ended up uh studying history and political science in college. And, and I remember taking a, one particular class in the American presidency, and I did my uh, term paper, my research paper on Lyndon B. Johnson. What, a, what an extraordinary, fascinating uh, you know, Texas politician, Lyndon Johnson, uh, probably you know, the most uh, successful legislative president in history, but also one of the most corrupt, and was just fascinated by his duplicity and how complicated he was and, and he wasn't an intellectual, but yet he was a, he was a master of the human, the human mind and heart. He could read people's face. And uh, so I started collecting uh, – after college, I started collecting presidential uh, memorabilia, portraits, and books. And I have them all here in my library now at home in Maryland. I have a collection of over 500 uh, biographies and books on constitutional law and American history. Portraits of all the presidents and lots of memorabilia. Had a chance to uh, serve former President uh, George H.W. Bush and uh, lunch with Dr. Alan Greenspan and uh, serve with Colin Powell and some others and um, a couple of different Israeli prime, former prime ministers. So it's just been a neat neat journey, and uh, I am very passionate about American history and especially, uh, you know, igniting the fire amongst our youngsters, um, teaching our kids uh, American history so they can continue this uh, torture freedom, hopefully for another 240 years.
2: Well, absolutely. No, absolutely. 100%. And, you know, you look, you look at the political climate today and you look at it even 10 years ago. I mean, look at, look at how much it changes. I mean, uh, and you know, obviously we've never seen a more divisive time in terms of, you know, just how everybody's acting. I mean, everybody is, fighting about something. I mean, how would you describe? I mean, if you, you know, knowing what you know and you've been in this business for quite a while and you study these things, would you have ever guessed it would have got this violent and hostile if you were, you know, you know, if you, if you tried to, you know, make that bet 10 20 years ago, you know, today. Like 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 guessing about today 10 to 10 or 20 years ago, would you have ever thought it would have ever the outcome People in the streets, Antifa, Black Lives Matter—all this nonsense—and just the way you know the presidents get treated. You know the way Trump—you know—the the media goes after him. I mean, it's ridiculous, right?
1: Perhaps you know, um, Rory. When you look at events today, as a, as a you know a presidential enthusiast, I always can harken back to some point in history. In fact, a couple guests. Ago tonight, I think uh, the gentleman mentioned that uh, former Secretary of State of Albright said the Statue of Liberty was weeping. So my question to her might be, well, uh, what about when Franklin D. Roosevelt interned 3,000 Japanese Americans, you know, totally flushed the 14th Amendment, uh, you know, in 1941? What was the Statue of Liberty doing then? I think there might have been a little weeping going on. Or the night Woodrow Wilson had a private screening in the White House of the racist film Birth of a Nation. Amongst a lot of his intellectual uh, leaders, friends and and Democrats gathered that evening, Uh, they were laughing. It was a silent film, and uh, there was even a quote in there from from Wilson. And uh, I think that was a tough time. Woodrow Wilson, as you know, set the turn the clock backwards for African-Americans in this country by resegregating the post office. Uh, He was truly a a racist segregationist president. Half Half of his cabinet were white supremacists uh and uh, you know andrew jackson uh the Indian removal act that he signed you know the trail of tears i think the statute of liberty was weeping there so we can we can always hearken back that's the neat thing about history is we can always hearken back and find find many examples so for, for me knowing you know having this rich background in history i'm not surprised really by anything that happens today you know even tr- like trump's trump's election the you know, presidential elections are about they're kind of like the football games uh, sometimes the uh the underdog wins, and uh, you know it's interesting to watch the tapes. Even I think the former president before him said you'll, n- you'll never be president of the United States. You can't make those predictions. Uh, politics is very interesting.
2: Oh, you're, no, you're, ab- you're absolutely right. And, you know, g- going, going back and, and you know, we, we see for the first time ever we have, a, we have a president, you know, that isn't controlled, isn't really polished, says how he feels, very genuine, very authentic speaks to us like we're actually human beings, unlike, you know, uh, some, of the, some of the past presidents who have s- spoken to us like we're, you know, children. Um, but obviously, it, 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 it's, a, it's, a, it's a kind of a, a change of pace. Um, yeah. In the, in the sense that people, I think a lot of people, I mean, they, 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 the people that voted for him, you know, there's, there's some that know his intentions are really good. But they some even, some even want him to cut back a little bit. And even people that just don't like him, period, I think it's because the way he comes off. I like, I think that if people really studied the policies and didn't focus so much on what, you know, <laughs> some of the things he said, you know, unfiltered, I, I think, you know, I think it would be a better understanding. You know what I mean? And I, I think we're kind of – it's such a new time. It's such a new era. You know, it, it, technology is technology is so evolved. Uh, you know, we've never seen a tech world like this. I mean, the Twitter. I mean, the you know, it goes on and on.
4: Yeah,
1: you know, it's fascinating. I travel around the world, and I uh, people are quite enamored around the world with with Donald Trump. They they will ask me, yeah. uh, you know, I can set my watch. That what do you think of Trump? And I don't want to give a political opinion and. Uh, it's hard to, in a short time to get in, involved in history, but I, I usually answer this. I, I come up with some of a kind of a humorous answer. I say Donald Trump. I think is a is a is a blend between uh, some of our past presidents. He has the, the toughness and sometimes the lack of compassion of an Andrew Jackson. Definitely has the narcissism of uh, Theodore Roosevelt and the sexual appetite of JFK and Bill Clinton. <laughs> well, that's a good. Thing. You know. I, 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 <laughs>
2: I can take that. I, I, I like that. I like that. And, and I mean, overall, you know, and, and I know that you're a guy of strong principles. Um, you know, you believe in the Constitution. Uh, you, you, you know, it strongly admire uh, the the founding fathers. Um, you know, with with with, how, with everything Trumps had had to deal with and kind of endure, um, are you pretty impressed more more than you thought?
1: um originally i i think a lot of us are dazzled you know and there's two things there's there's uh i think ben shapiro said i think in his podcast for president trump says a lot of crap but you have to look at what you know really a president does and so as yeah. we as we hearken back you know 100 years from now when people look back are they going to be offended by what this man said or what he or are they going to, going to look at what he maybe accomplished policy-wise um and you can again, you can look back at a lot of different presidents. Some I mentioned, in some of the, the you know, the horrible actions, uh, things that they did. Uh, you know, let's go back to founding father that I We all do, based on especially Dave, uh, um, David McCullough's book. John Adams, what a great founding father, a great lawyer from Boston, and 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 he, you know, he defended the uh, the soldiers in the Boston Massacre because he believed that everybody had a right to a fair trial but during his short you know four year one term presidency he passed those you know controversial alien and sedition acts and what the reason he did it is he was a federalist there were two parties back then there were you know the federalist party and then sort of the new emerging jeffersonian democrat republicans and the data showed that the new new citizens uh, were going to vote republican and Adams didn't like that so he extended the uh, residency requirement from 5 years to 14 years and that was the alien part. The Sedition Act was: if you criticized the government or said anything scandalous or malicious, you would be put into jail. And there was this one congressman named Jim Lyons. They called him the Spitting Lion because he once supposedly spit at a Federalist. Because of the things that he said, he ended up serving jail time. So, I mean, well, that, that's bad. So, 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 uh, I would I'd rather have had John uh, John Adams saying a lot of garbage versus actually doing what, what he did, but not to trash him. He's one of my favorite founding fathers, but that was definitely a stain on, on his legacy.
2: I I hear you. I hear you. So, so tell everybody about your show. Tell everybody, you know, you're obviously doing a lot of good work. You're trying to educate the world um, and tell everybody where they can find it, all that stuff. And you're really trying to make sure people know this stuff early on, you know, and I think that's very valuable and important just about the history of our nation. I, I don't think enough people Are taught that I think too many people are caught up in all the garbage propaganda, the the Hollywood bullshit. I mean, that's you know all these kids are getting you know just uh, indoctrinated with with whatever subject or category it may be. But you know, people really need to know what what America represents, And, and, and I think you're doing a good job about delivering that message. But tell everybody.
1: Yeah, they do, and you know, Roy, the statistics are alarming. Uh, 18, only 18% of uh, high school students Test proficient in history uh, Supposedly uh, most high school students Cannot even name you five presidents uh, Many schools today are, are, are uh, yeah Devoting less time to, to teaching history And then there's a disagreement on what is history And you've got the history revisionists out there And I don't mind teaching the history The good and the bad and the ugly America's got all three But uh, when it yeah. all comes out in the end America is, is indeed an exceptional nation So I, uh, David McCullough said several years ago that we are on the verge of becoming an uh, historically illiterate society, and he's so true. So what my passion is, and I teamed up with a with a buddy of mine who uh, is a former journalist and White House correspondent and media consultant. We started, we co-founded together POTUS ABC Kids, and the the goal is to teach kids the ABCs of American history, and we do that through fun stories about different presidents. We we don't bore do boring dates or necessarily facts, but we talk about you know, George. For instance, um, you know Thomas Jefferson, when he was minister to France, discovered ice cream, and he brings the recipe back to Monticello as a French butler. And so Jefferson basically introduced ice cream to America. Um, yeah. you know, John Quincy Adams, you know, he would go swimming every morning uh, down the Potomac River. Uh, the only problem is he didn't wear he didn't wear a swimsuit. So here's the president swimming naked. Uh, and one one day, female journalist Anne Royal, who could not get an interview with the president. Found out about his swim routine, took his clothes, and threatened to give him back only if he granted her an interview. Uh, well, she got the interview. Uh, so there's really neat stories, and this teaches kids that, for instance, persistence with a little bit of creativity can help you, uh, you know, achieve your life goals. So that's what we do. We mostly do this through social media. We're on both Facebook, uh, YouTube, and Instagram, and you can hashtag POTUS ABC Kids or Professor POTUS. I play the role of Professor POTUS. And we're just having a lot of fun with these short one-minute videos that are hopefully, you know, it's also an aid to teachers and homeschoolers and a refresher course for parents. I
2: love it. I love it. And y- y- you're making it educational and fun at the same time. And tell everybody where they can find it.
1: Yeah. So on on, on Instagram, you do a us ABC Kids. Uh, same thing on Facebook, and and, and on uh, YouTube, you just. uh Type it in or put hashtag POTUSCBCKids, and then for my adult po- podcast, it's POTUS America, which we get in, into a little bit more things like uh, some of the uh, presidents and then constitutional law. And I just want to remind you, as we're talking about the protests that are going on. That those, I mean, that's in the First Amendment. There's five clauses basically, and the you know, four and five are the right to assemble and the petition to petition the government. And what we need to Absolutely. remind the government is that that we are, you they know, work. they're not the masters and we're not subjects. Exactly. And here's the thing. Think right. about this. Think about the Constitution in this sense, uh, and especially yeah. the Bill of Rights. It's not a permission right. slip for we, the American people. It's a restraining order on the federal government. Amen.
2: Amen. Very, very well said. Um, and people can connect with you on your personal page, obviously, Facebook, James Lumley. Um, you're, you're always on there. You're always active on there. Um, but, James, I really want to get you back here, make you a regular. Let's, let's make this happen. Uh, more often, um, but dude, thank honestly, you, a real pleasure.
1: Let's do it again. Have a nice evening, and appreciate the good job you're doing.
2: You too, man. Well, thank you for your insight. Thank you for your value. Really good stuff, and keep up the uh, amazing work.
1: All right. Thanks. God bless.
2: All righty. God bless. Um, I do want to welcome to the show, I believe he's with us. We have the CEO yeah. of Spacewalk and an amusement park creator, among – he's done many other things uh, – Frank Skurlock. Welcome to the show, man. How are you?
7: I am amazing. I am a downtown um, Denver, Colorado, ironically, where the largest protest in America was just a couple of days ago.
2: Wow, man. Did you just get there, or were you actually there when it happened? Oh, well, I actually flew out to Colorado Springs
7: to meet up um, for the Air Force graduation, which is an absolutely amazing event. Uh, after that, we uh, went north of Denver, and we're working on some special assignments. And uh, we're staying at an amazing place called the Arts Hotel um, that's giving uh, first responders an amazing price value. It's for $79 for a four-star hotel. So down the street from us happened to be ground zero. Uh, we heard all these honks and stuff right outside of our room. We looked out, and we saw not only the Patriots, we saw the passion of America. I mean, we, we saw people giving their all in the most peaceful protests I've ever seen. It, it actually, uh, you know, my home is New Orleans, but it was like the most cleanest, um, just passionate people, family, just touching base with each other. Kids, we had, we had we had we had every stereotype was represented. and these people were just trapped in their homes. They, they were literally just they couldn't breathe and so they all united and from what i was told that this they had a hundred thousand transfers on the reddit application which somebody also told me that converts over to a hundred or to a hundred million likes on facebook just from one event in downtown denver because the people actually spoke up um we're making some traction making some serious traction
2: i love it i love it and you know you you've uh You've lived quite the life. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. I read your resume. Uh, you know, you—it's very impressive. I, but uh, your first time I'm, on the show, I always I'm, like I'm to a, kind I'm, of a bias.
7: I always like to get the education out of the way first. Uh, I dropped the kindergarten, so the rest was was up from there. So uh, my father <laughs> happened to be a fairly smart person. Um, taught physics uh, when he was a freshman at Texas A and M. He was actually teaching seniors physics. He also went on to schools like Centenary, Tulane University, where he taught there, and he met my mom, and that's how I came into being. And he worked for some major companies like Boeing, Schlumberger, Martin Marietta, which they all had contracts with NASA, involved in the space shuttle, or excuse me, the uh, Apollo program, which most people don't recognize that the whole Apollo rocket system was actually built in the eastern part of New Orleans. And so he started playing around with the, the practical uses of air. And so um, in his, his quest of working with that, you know, some people are familiar with things like inflatable domes for swimming pools and tennis courts. Well, he took it a couple steps up the ladder where there was amusement rides where kids can jump on and bounce up and down. And then when I came on board in 1962, uh, which, you know, just hand in hand with my dad, you know, I, I kind of inspired him. He inspired me, and we just kept designing and making all types of things Uh, He patented an inflatable rescue cushion where people jump off a building like in case of fires. He patented an air-inflated wrap system to actually weld in air well under the sea on the bottom of some of the decaying oil rigs. And he also uh, patented inflatable air beams that we can basically make air stronger than steel. So I can't really let the full cat out of the bag, but I can tell you that tomorrow – I relocate to Washington, D.C., and we are merging his three patents into a potential cure for the virus that has totally locked down the world. And I will be up there meeting with FDA, CDC, and other organizations that were trying to put this on a fast track to test. And we think we have a solution that will be coming forth in the very near future.
2: Wow. Very, very, very impressive. And, and tell us, so, I, you know, I, I read a lot about you, you know, you're an amusement park creator, tell, and you're also the CEO of Spacewalk. I mean, very, impre- very impressive stuff. And you also, you know, ran for mayor, but we can talk about that in a little bit. But tell us about these amusement parks and this Spacewalk thing.
7: Yeah, so basically when I looked at what my parents were doing in the mid-70s with running inflatables and stuff, it all started basically in New Orleans. That's typically the home-based rentals for, for parties, picnics, and uh, promotions. I said, you know, what's what's the big problem with this industry? And it was, it was obviously it was outside in the sun. You get beat up with the heat. Sometimes it rains. You're, you're always having to move the equipment, you know, which gets quite large in size. So I said, what if we took a building? And we basically filled it full of inflatable fun. And so uh, in 1986, on Thanksgiving Day, uh, I opened up the world's first all-inflatable indoor amusement park. Uh, it was actually also based in New Orleans, Louisiana. And we turned that into a chain, which ultimately there are more than 3,000-type uh, stores. Not that we own those, but we had roles and playing to just you know let kids play on um, inflatable um, environments. For different types of family functions and not to mention that just into the fitness of a kid instead of sitting home just playing the video games we actually believe in very very active participation which actually kind of leads up thing that we're doing Um, as we know you know we're still locked down but people are itching to get out and sadly when I jumped on my scale let's say I've gained a few pounds since all this started I think as much as America has it's time to get serious about being physically fit so we have used uh, some new technology and a, a, what we call a micro RFID where if you can imagine if you've ever played laser tag before and you run around shooting people, you get a scorecard at the end of that game. that basically says how many times you shot somebody or they shot you. What if you got a scorecard yeah. that actually said how fit you were, how, how, many, how much motion you did, how much, how, how much of the calories you burned and all these physicists and the kinetic things that we can do with your body? So you go into an environment and some people are familiar like with these jump centers they have with the trampolines. Imagine if we could actually instead of having a pulse detector on your body, but we can tell everything about you. And you can actually, you know, you you are with yourself all the time, right? If you it's just something that is like test your endurance and ultimately leading to just you being in a more physically fit, physically of mind and peace and spirit. Um, there's just so much great stuff that we're doing, and uh, we, we cannot wait to be unleashed because we look at this as the greatest time to just – the people want to get out there and, and, and do, and we want to be one of the entertainment conglomerates that um, – let's just say the larger employers out there, and um, I actually have a home in a, a town called Celebration Florida, which is wonderful, but Disney laid off 43,000 people at one shot, and I mean, it was just a big thump. And for them to get going back, if you can imagine if they start adhering to the new rules of the social distancing, they've got a really tough road ahead of them. I mean, you, it's hard to, like, undo uh, a, um, a car or a train on a roller coaster without literally just using the track that remains. Now we're going to have to resize out the cars, respace them out, um, there's a lot of challenges ahead for some major companies that we're really doing some late night deep thinking, figuring out how's the best way to combat these.
2: I love it. I love it. I love it. And you know, um, this whole Corona thing obviously hit Louisiana pretty hard where you're from. Um, Tell us a little bit about that. I mean, what's, what's kind of, what have you witnessed?
7: Well, well uh, maybe many of the people out there listening to the show, know that New Orleans is famous for having a great time, and we had the Mardi Gras and stuff like that, and I'm sad mm-hmm. to say it, but I actually think ground zero was uh, the Bourbon Streets, which was in full swing for the whole Mardi Gras season. And if you look at um, the charts and stuff and seeing the growth rates and all that stuff, and all roads kind of led back to New Orleans. So yeah. um, that kind of also brings us why we – are involved in a potential cure. And as I said, I can't go too deep into it, but I will tell you this, waiting around for a virus to be cultivated and injected into the masses of people is not the answer. It's not even should be on the radar. What should be on the radar is identifying the people that are free spirit, spirited, knowledgeable, have the resources and talent to make it happen. So we're basically having a meeting at the Trump Hotel tomorrow, excuse me, actually not tomorrow, Thursday, in Washington of the mad scientists that were held back. So I've got a team of people meeting me there, and we're going to throw everything on the table. We're going to revolutionize healthcare before the weekend is here.
2: I love it. I love it. And, Frank, um, let's definitely get you back on the show soon. Uh, Tell everybody where they can connect with you, where they can get involved with your businesses, all that good stuff.
7: So we're launching a project. It's called the GOSH Plan. That's G-O-S-H Plan, and it's going to be goshplan.org. That is the global offensive spreading of happiness. The websites are not up now. They'll be released this weekend, and that's how we actually come into uh, an area, a city. It was actually all scripted based on the horrible pulse shooting in Orlando. That's going to be the main landing pad. We are funded by a foundation called the No Ligger foundation. It's no foundation.org and no ligger is okay. the word religion spelled backwards.
2: Perfect. Perfect. Well, let's definitely get you back here soon and uh, everybody can find space walk online and, and obviously check out that information. The, uh, uh, but Fred, the website is herecomesfun.com.
7: Perfect. Here comes perfect. fun. Oh.
2: All right. sounds good. My friend will Frank, we'll get you back soon and uh, have a great night. All right. God bless everybody. Enjoy your lives.
3: You too. You too. Thank you.
2: Uh, let's go to uh, Gabe.
5: Hey, Rory. How's it going? Good, man. So I'm sure yeah, you got some got, thoughts. Go ahead. have got some awesome people on there. so exciting to hear all the, uh, you know, there's a lot of people with, um, uh, you know, good uh, intentions and uh, good spirits throughout the country. So it's exciting no, to that you got these people on there.
2: Yeah, what are your thoughts on everything though? What's on your mind?
5: Oh, I know you don't have too much more time, but I, um, yeah, well, I, I just think Trump's got it covered. You know, I mean, he's he's really smart, and I mean, when this whole coronavirus thing started, I, I could see something's wrong. It just didn't make any sense. The numbers they're they're throwing out there, even with these mask guys that I know that are down the street at uh, UC Berkeley. You know they're all worried. They're wearing their mask, and I was like, "But you know, you, they're like, I did the math. I did the math. It makes sense." And I said, "But okay, the math. You can do a math problem, right? And you got all the inputs, and then you come out with the correct answer at the end. But what if you don't have the right inputs? I mean, make, it's so you simple. If you don't have the right inputs, you're going to get the wrong answer at the end. And we, they, we've been they've been throwing out these these graphs at us that are completely ridiculous. Like they said, uh, in Texas, in this one town or county or whatever, 1,900 people are going to die. And then it came, that date came up, and how many people died? I think it was like 197. Did you read that one? I've been so, reading so yeah. many different things yeah i have been uh, i've been keeping track of the guys that are really making sense to me right now on twitter like bill mitchell uh, he's been hitting the nail on the head you know john Rapport. yeah
2: guys no,
5: um,
2: and i know I know you're always on twitter and I know you're always following stuff i mean what what, what are you what are you hearing what are you what are you seeing out there what do you like what do you what, you know you, you always you always put out good stuff
5: yeah, I mean, I am just I just follow uh, certain guys. Uh, even it's Chuck Woolery. He's like the last thing he tweeted. Well, it's been a while now, a couple hours. But he said, everything about this Wuhan virus is, so far has been false. I mean, it's true. I mean, and, and other it people is. are yelling at him. Oh, yeah, you're ridiculous. You know what you're talking You can't do math, blah, 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 blah. But, I mean, like I said, if you don't have the right inputs, you're going to get the wrong answer. Very true. So... Uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter a lot, especially now.
2: And that's the problem with the media. The media misleading everybody, you know?
5: Right. Yeah, I mean, it's, I usually drive a cab. I've been driving a cab for about almost eight years now in San Francisco, so I got to meet a lot of people from all over the world. And, uh, you know, of course, I'm not doing it right now, but uh, the new tech industry it's totally decimated the uh, cab industry. And uh, so, you know, I did a little uh, Lyft and Uber for a little while and um, it kind of, everything sort of stopped. Uh, so, but uh, yeah, California is a beautiful place, but it's just, it's nuts here with all these tech companies and how they pretty much run the government over here.
2: No, I hear you. Com- commie folk, C- me California. It's terrible over there. Uh, <laughs> but get, di- no, it's 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 awful, and I, and I hear you, man. San Francisco, oh God, man, just what a what a uh, you know the, the stuff they're dealing with over there. Uh, Gabe, tell everybody where they can find you, though, where they can connect with you.
5: Sure, yeah, um, just on Twitter. It's uh, my name, Gabriel Foley, uh, uh, just at Gabriel Foley, G A B R I E L uh, F as in Frank O L E Y, and um, yeah, I'm on there a lot these days. Of course, once I get back to work, it'll be a little less, but. <laughs>
2: All righty, man. Well, sounds good. Um, we'll definitely get you back here as a regular. Um, I'm going to, um, close the show now, but, uh, thank you so much.
5: All right. Thank you. All right. Have a great day.
2: Um, everybody, uh, you know, what a show, what a show. Um, you know, we got, uh, a lot covered, a lot established, nether another episode of the Rory Soder show. um wherever you are, stay safe, be very, you know, cautious, wash your hands, be courteous to uh, be courteous to others, and uh you know I'm praying, I'm praying that this all goes away very, very soon because I'm just as angry. And depressed and frustrated as most of you are, and you know what i don't I don't blame anybody for you know expressing their emotions I, I think that you know we are experiencing something that is you know just completely unprecedented unprecedented there's no doubt about it. I mean who could have ever thought something like this would just you know pop out of nowhere but uh, guys, that's it. Um, another big episode on Thursday. Um, until then, I love you. I want to thank all my guests, my co-hosts, my sponsors, and audience. I'm Rory Sodder. Mega, mega, mega. Much love, everybody. Cheers.